Hello and welcome to the Anita Po Show, where I'm here to help you understand Bitcoin, realize its humanitarian implications for the world and gain financial sovereignty. I'm your host, Anita Posch. Hello from the southern part of Africa. I'm happy to be with you again. This is episode number 170 with the title The Humanitarian Case for Bitcoin. I'm sharing with you the second part of my arguments why Bitcoin is important for the world and especially for the global south. If you like it, please share it with your friends and family. The Anita Posh Show is hosted on btcpodcasting.com, a Bitcoin for Fairness project where you can host your podcast for free and at the same time earn Bitcoin. Prior solutions required that the host is running their own lightning node, which is no easy task yet. At BTC Podcasting, we are working together with Albi to make earning Bitcoin accessible for anyone. My sincere thanks go out to all individual donors who have helped me with my efforts with Bitcoin for Fairness to bring education to the people who need it the most. You can donate at anita.link slash donate. At the moment, I'm working on a mentorship program with online courses for Bitcoin newbies, human rights activists and community builders. The name will be Crack the Orange, like crack the code, which means to solve a difficult problem or mystery, to break a secret, to decipher coded intelligence with cryptography. Orange, of course, because it's the brand color of Bitcoin. Feel free to subscribe to my newsletter at anita.link weekly to receive news about Bitcoin adoption, education and about the courses. And now on to the episode. Thanks for listening. In these countries, it's difficult, you know, because in Zimbabwe, when I ask people um, at the beginning of a podcast, what can we talk about? They all tell me, please don't ask anything about the government. So um, it could be that one day um, some of these governments say Bitcoin is banned and everybody gets prosecuted who's used it. And we are going to look out for these people now. We don't know how this will end um, because basically it's a, it's a fight for freedom against um, these governments, dictators and sort of things. I'm, I'm always a little bit insecure like about, about posting things. Usually I, I tweet them when I'm out of the country again, but that doesn't work all the time. And so I think they have, many of these countries have better things to do. Uh, they still don't get what we are doing, um, which I think is good. And that's also the reason why I, I have this sense of I need to work fast and faster because as long as they don't get it and they are not interested in it, um, they, they won't do anything to me or to the other people. And to the others, I always say, please stay anonymous or pseudonymous. Um, you don't know what your country is going to do about Bitcoin. And I always say, for me, Bitcoin is a defense tool. Cryptography is a defense. Uh, so they can't touch me in a way or they can't take away things from me. But this is a fight we need to fight. And it's a fight for the good thing. And that, that's, I think, what many people don't understand who, want to, who believe that Bitcoin is something bad. 
um, like uh, only criminals use Bitcoin, you know. Um, yes, criminals also use Bitcoin. That's the, the characteristic of an open network, uh, a permissionless open network is there so everybody can use it. But I think the, the bigger amount of people are good and they should be able to use a tool like that too. And, and that's why I'm so <clears throat> into education about Bitcoin and trying to onboard people. We have a lot of scams here too, but I think in African countries it's on another level. Um, everybody knows someone who has been scammed or has been scammed herself, himself. And so it's, you, you gotta start really very low with education and tell them, no, it's like the internet, it's a technology. Um, there's this saying, how can I join Bitcoin? And I say all the time, you can't join it. You also can't join the internet, you know? And then they understand. And if I speak about the unique properties that Bitcoin has, also in comparison to other coins, um, they immediately understand the use case for them because there can't be an inflation in Bitcoin because it's only 21 million ever. Um, nobody can take it away from you as long as you have the private keys. Um, nobody can shut down your account. I mean, you don't have a bank account in Bitcoin, but um, it's also not possible that the government yeah. cuts you off. That's the right word. And, and they understand that immediately because um, they have such a long history of being defrauded from their own governments or from the colonialists, you know. Um, and there's, but there's also distrust against the Internet. This has been there. And they also don't trust. I've heard that once in an interview I did with Alakanani Itiri Leng, who is a Bitcoiner in Botswana. And she said to me, you know, we also don't trust the things that come from the white people. And I said, I understand that. Yeah, exactly. I really understand. Yeah, understand. Yeah. But we don't um, know if Satoshi is black or white. Exactly. <laughs> we don't know who Satoshi was. So, yeah. Um, so Bitcoin is for everyone. And as soon as they understand that, they are, they are very open to it. And I think there's also one aspect that most people don't think about when they think about Bitcoin is that it will also allow millions of people to earn money. You can work over the internet and earn Bitcoin. And that's fantastic because you can be in an African country somewhere in the middle of nowhere. You just need internet, a computer. You can work and earn Satoshis from, from the global space, basically. Yeah? And that, that will change the world, I believe. Yes, the situation is, of course, more difficult than here because you have, for instance, uh, power cuts every day. So electricity goes out and um, your, your mobile phone is not working anymore. You don't have internet. Um, internet is very expensive. A lot of people only, only have <coughs> so-called bundles. So you don't buy internet access to access the internet, you buy a WhatsApp bundle, bundle, for instance. So you only have WhatsApp on your phone, nothing else. Um, many people use mobile money, which is basically um, mobile points that you use as money. And you can send it with an old Nokia phone, you know, where you only use text. So you have some codes 
and you use that code and you send money to someone else. So from that perspective, they can leapfrog us because they never had landlines. They immediately had money on their phones. And so the concept of paying with my phone is actually uh, much more a thing in certain African countries than here. And so um, I think the possibilities are there. Actually, at the moment, a guy is developing um, something where you can send lightning with those text codes. Um, I don't know in how many countries it's been rolled out. I want to try it the next time I go to to Sub-Saharan Africa. Um, And there are more and more tools that are are coming in the next months and, and years to make it much easier. Because one thing where you're also right is self-custody of Bitcoin is the the best way to custody, to hold your own keys. But that's in difficult circumstances, like in a township, for instance, not so easy because people steal. It's very dangerous there. Um, And so to keep your seat private can be costly in a way. Because here we buy a hardware wallet or something like that, and we, we search for a place to hide it. But for many people, that's very complicated, and that's the reason why they are all on exchanges and have their Bitcoin there. But there will be new tools like Fedi, uh, the wallet that's building on the Fedi Mint protocol, which is much easier to use, also uh, lowers the, the, the skill set you need to use Bitcoin. And to be honest, If you have some, like a smartphone, many people have smartphones in African countries. It's not that nobody has them. Um, Then Starlink might be coming next year to Africa. So then suddenly everybody might be connected there to internet faster than we are here. (laughs) And so there are a lot of possibilities and it will be getting easier and easier. And you can run a blue wallet or a moon wallet in these countries as long as you've got internet or If you've got it like three hours a day and three hours, you can also run it. I mean, Bitcoin on-chain, you don't even need to have your wallet open, yeah? So, and it works. It's all a question of how fast is the technology being adopted? How fast is it built? I mean, we we didn't send videos, uh, like three gigabyte of videos 20 years ago over the internet. And so I believe that we will see a lot of innovation also coming out of Africa from African developers and people like that, um, which will only fasten the development. That's it. Thanks for joining. If you've enjoyed this, please subscribe to my newsletter at anita.link weekly to get all my updates into your mailbox and recommend it to your friends. If you can afford, please support my work with a donation at anita.link slash donate. Music, Late Truth by Audio Hertz. See you soon at the Anita Post Show.